You're listening to Transform Your Profits, the podcast for accountants who want to build a more profitable, successful, and impactful accounting firm. Your host is Reza Huda, a practice owner, mentor, and coach to accounting firm owners. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the podcast where I will be joined by an incredible accountant called Neil Criddle. Now Neil is someone who started this practice not very long ago at the start of the pandemic in 2020. Neil will be talking about his story from how he got made redundant in his job to starting his practice and getting from zero to six figures in less than 12 months. It's an amazing story. It's something that we can all learn from. So, uh, get buckled in and uh, uh, he listened to how Neil has managed to grow his practice, to win new business and to get to where he's today from zero to 100k within 12 months. Enjoy the show and I look forward to seeing you on the other side. So today's session, I am very pleased to have with me Neil Criddle. Neil's a great accountant from, where are you from Neil? Where are you based? Western Supermare in the southwest of sunny England. There we go. Western Supermare uh, in, in the southeast of England. And I came first coming across Neil just over uh, a year ago. We exchanged a few messages. He was just starting out in his firm and um, and we've just seen his rise just go from strength to strength in the past year. As you'll know from the title of this live, is it's all about how Neil has gone from zero to 100K in less than 12 months. So we're going to find out exactly how he has today. So as always, put your questions in the comments and I will put them to Neil so you can take some tangible takeaways from this session to learn from some of the uh, the strategies and the techniques that perhaps uh, Neil has deployed in getting his practice to where it is today in such a short space of time. So without further ado, let's crack on. Neil, just start off with a very brief introduction about yourself, uh, kind of before you started the practice and how you got to start in the practice, and we'll take it from there. Cool. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I am 37 years old. Uh, I have a wife and two children, two cats and a puppy. Um, and yeah, I'm from Western Supermare, which is just southwest of Bristol, about 20 minutes away from Bristol in the southwest of England. Um, my my kind of career up to the beginning of 2020 was solely in industry, so I've never worked in practice before. Um, and I worked for predominantly large corporates, so I kind of worked within everything, everywhere, formerly Orange, the fin company, uh, Interserve, Lloyds Banking Group, Independent Vet Care. Kia Construction, so quite a quite a few large uh, businesses in there, um, predominantly within the commercial finance space. So um, I was a business partner. Um, I was looking at budgets and forecasts. I was communicating with operational members of the business, um, predominantly non-finance people. Um, and yeah, I kind of um, worked my way up within the commercial finance space. Um, I guess my kind of my my golden role that I had was heading up the commercial finance function of independent vet care, who, uh, if you don't know who they are, they are a unicorn now, but they were about 50 million pounds turnover when I joined them in 2014. Mm -hmm. um, and they scaled up to a billion turnover by the time I left in 2019. Um, and I headed up a team of about 11 or 12 people delivering commercial finance business partnering to the clinicians. So, you know, veterinarians uh, and practice managers. 
Fantastic. That's great. Thank you for that introduction. So tell us about, you know, why you then made the leap into practice and, you know, what, how did, how did it first start off? What were your first kind of few weeks like? What was your mindset like, more importantly, how, you know, you're, you're, you're starting off from scratch, you've got a blank slate, what was going through your mind in terms of how you were going to set up this practice and where you're going to find clients from and, and how you were going to kind of do the work that you perhaps hadn't been familiar with doing. Yeah, what was going through your mind at that point in time when you when you first started out? I guess um, so. Around sort of 2018, early 2019, at, at the veterinary company, um, I was getting really frustrated um, with going to the veterinary practices, delivering what I thought was good quality commercial finance information. You know, showing how these practices how they could improve on their performance. Um, hearing what they were saying back to me in terms of some of the barriers to that, um, figuring an action plan, thinking of, of a good way forwards, and then coming back to head office and being met with a, a load of bureaucratic red tape. Uh, and my my hands were kind of sort of tied behind my back because I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what these people wanted. I just couldn't deliver it. Um, so, and these were these were practices that were probably between 500k and two or three million pound turnover so relatively small businesses um so at that point i thought well I, i've done this for a while i i think i like to think that i'm good at what i do um i like to think that i'm personable and i can get that message across to people um and at the same time yeah, probably around that sort of same time, I had a, a lot of feedback from um, friends that were local to me um, that had their own businesses and they were struggling getting information from accountants and struggling to kind of understand the numbers within their business. So I kind of thought to myself that what, why don't I see if I can try and maybe um, develop a sideline, a bit of a kind of a hobby company and, and try to maybe reach out to a few of my local friends and, and, and kind of people in the area to say, right, well, you know, I'm an accountant. This is what I can do. This is how I can help. Um, I had a technical um, start to my career. So it's not like I didn't do anything in terms of technical finance. But um, at that point, I knew if I wanted to kind of make this into more of a, a side gig, um, then perhaps, you know, it kind of started out that I would definitely need a refresh on my technical skills. So um around april 2019 i left the veterinary company to be an fc for a web company a web development agency in bristol um and it was a kind of a bread and butter fc role so it had everything from vat to payroll tax uh, accounts uh bookkeeping the, the whole kind of rigmarole and and that that was good it, it kind of really refreshed the the technical aspect of, of kind of what i hadn't done for quite a while um and I guess towards the end of 2019, so I'd been in the role for about six or seven months and the majority of the work that they were doing were for government um, and with Brexit uh, happening or, or <laughs> not at the time, um, but in terms of the rumours and, uh, and everything that was flying around around Brexit, a lot of the government agencies were having their budgets either cut or, or frozen um, and some of the projects as a result were being frozen or cut as well. Um, and it was leading to serious cash flow, uh, cash flow shortages within the business. Um, and they, they'd had an FC in there for probably like 10 years previous to, to when I came in, who essentially did the compliance work and wasn't an advisor to the business. So didn't look at anything commercial and nothing in the way of KPIs, etc. So um, I kind of tried to 
get that technical refresh of my skills, but try to impart on them a, a bit of sort of commerciality, um, which to be frank, didn't go down too well. Um, they were quite an ingrained management team, been around for about 15, 16 years. Um, and it just wasn't the right fit sort of mentally for, for either party, really. Um, so I could see at that point that the writing was potentially on the wall in terms of, you know, I'm, I'm hitting the barrier, I'm getting no further with this role. But I'd, I'd had the six months where I, I got that technical skill kind of refresh upgrade. Um, and I started around October, November time of 2019, um, getting a, a couple of small clients on board. Um, they were predominantly kind of project-based clients. So I did a, a systems migration from one platform to another with one client. Um, and I was just trying to think what the other one was. There was a bookkeeping tidy up project for another one. Um, and I, I'd already had my social media pages kind of in situ for probably about six months previous. So I'd, I'd already built a very, very small following. I probably had like 100 likes on my, my Facebook page, for example. Um, but... Um, yeah, I, I kind of just, with, with the two things combined, I thought, right, well, well, let's stick out in this job and let's see if I can continue to build out that small pipeline of clients, uh, you know, with, with a view to maybe kind of switching off the day job and doing the kind of the sideline full time. Um, now, the initial plan to do that was around 2021, so kind of this year. Um, things got worse in the day job. Um and I'll never, I'll never forget, I was sat in a boardroom, I think it must have been around Christmas time. And we had a break during the board meeting. Um, and I text my wife saying, I, I've got I've got to make this work. I've got to get out of here as, as quickly as I can. Um, the what I haven't said that the management team were husband and wife team. Um, and it was it wasn't a surprise to see them arguing across each other uh, during the board meeting. So it was it was a very, very difficult atmosphere for somebody as kind of I guess kind of entrepreneurial and flamboyant as myself to be kind of in that sort of almost schoolroom type atmosphere. Um, and so, yeah, so, so I thought, well, let's maybe accelerate those plans and maybe bring that forward to summer 2020 and, you know, see if we can do, see if we can make that switch at that point. But um, after Christmas, I lost my job. So 14th of January, never forget the date. Uh, 14th of January, 2020 is when uh, I went into the office and half an hour later I was, I was back home. Uh, with the box between my hands and uh yeah I, I guess at that point it was it was a case of um making a choice um i had about two months worth of cash to live off in the bank um my wife is a stay-at-home mum so while she's very very busy doing a job she doesn't generate an income so i kind of said right well i either need to go out to the market uh, and get a contract to roll and, and try and maybe get something short term to tide me over or I built on the four or five clients that I'd had at, at Christmas 2019 and say, uh, let's let's do this full time. Let's try and make it work for two months. Um, if it doesn't work after two months, then I've got the experience in the CV to hopefully go out and, uh, and maybe get another whether permanent or, or contractor job. Um, so that that was kind of the the the, the kind of the, the journey uh, into how I started, I guess. Absolutely. Fantastic. So kind of a needs must situation and it's make or break. Uh, and like you said, you were quite entrepreneurial. So, you know, you had you had that kind of conviction and that belief in yourself that you could make it work. But knowing that if it doesn't work after a couple of months, then you can always go into a, uh, a safer permanent role. So, so talk me through that two month period. Then, what did you actually do? Because you mentioned you had a few project jobs. So 
because you know when you're starting out i know it's difficult to kind of get you know the kind of meaty clients that you would want but so how did you kind of position your offering did you go after project-based jobs in particular or did you just go after kind of -of run-of-the-mill uh compliance jobs talk me through you know how and what you did in that first couple of months then yeah it was predominantly compliance um so i i kind of tried to make myself a nuisance on uh, the Facebook networking groups. So, you know, local to me, Bristol and Western, there's quite a few networking groups. And, you know, kind of once or twice a week, there's already somebody posting on there saying, you know, I need an accountant or I need some help. So it was a case of me being proactive and, and kind of shouting about my social media pages. And, I, you know, at that point, I tried to uh, produce some content organically and, and see if people were interested in what I had to say. Um, but it was, yeah, it, it was a case of um, getting, you know, between January um, and March, towards towards the middle of March, I went from about five clients to, I don't know, about 13, 14. Um, and these were clients that were predominantly compliance-based and they were paying me on a monthly fixed fee recurring basis. So I kind of, in my head, I knew where I needed to get up to by the end of March in terms of a recurring fee that would cover the mortgage, the bills, food and drink, et cetera. Um, so I kind of, I was just kind of driven to, to, to get to that sort of figure by, by hook or by crook really. Um, and, you know, I, I probably did the, the classic things when people started out, I probably undersold myself for a couple of clients and I probably cut, did, did a couple of things pro bono just to kind of get my name out there. Um, one thing that did help was in February, I, I started my Facebook group. Um, so, you know, that uh, again was to kind of help increase my brand locally. Like, I, I didn't really think anything else other than kind of the local area because um, people just didn't know who I was. And it was all right me posting in the networking group saying, this is who I am. This is how I can help. Um but you know, kind of outside of the, of those kind of those group frameworks, that there wasn't really any kind of other vehicle for me to get my name out there. Like, I mean, as most people know, that the reach and the engagement on business pages, certainly on Facebook, isn't great. So, rather than chucking a load of money at ads and things that I didn't really know anything about, I thought, well, let's start up my own group. Um, and I got a few hundred people quite quickly, kind of joining that group. Um, so that's kind of. I guess that's how I how I started and that's how I kind of grew a little bit of traction um, and it's just as well I did get to that point by the middle of March because obviously everyone know what happened um, by the end of the month and I, you know <laughs> I'd hate to think what, what would have happened if I hadn't have got um, that traction I mean as it was I was petrified I was going to lose everything that I'd built over those those previous sort of two or three months mm-hmm. um, and then you know the Facebook group came in its own because it was a great it was a great vehicle for me to give advice and support for pandemic kind of scenario onwards. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I know you, you've mentioned talking about your Facebook group before. So, you know, for those that are listening, you know, in terms of the power of Facebook groups, talk us through how you actually generated business from it. How did you generate inquiries? So you set up this group, you started to engage, you started to to provide valuable content and as and when people came on, you know, tell us, tell us what happened. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I found that the engagement in the group was a lot better than just posting um, on my pages. So, you know, I was kind of duplicating a little bit in terms of what I was doing, but uh, yeah, I was finding that a lot of people were kind of jumping aboard what I was saying. And, you know, when sort of April, May came and all the, the different grants and schemes were, were being announced, 
Um, you know, it was really difficult to keep on top of everything. But I think that the fact that people could see that I was doing things to help other people, I think that resonated quite a lot. Um, it resonated hugely with people that had accountants that weren't doing that. Um, I know locally um, there's probably six or seven firms that are relatively well known in my local area. Um, one of them does a weekly blog post which is a little bit robotic in terms of how it's put together the others don't do anything uh, in the way of social media so there's no content at all so for me to stand out locally it wasn't that difficult um you know i started doing video content at that time which yeah it's never really been uh, a comfort of mine to do video um but you know i i kind of i started to do it and it's, it's quite addictive to be honest i mean i i, I kind of quite like you know, delivering content via video as well as, you know, blog posts and, uh, and other bits of content that I have. So, again, people people could see me. They they got value from what I was saying, but they could see my personality and they could see my sense of humour. Um, and, yeah, I, I guess in terms of the, you know, the no like trust factor, um, by being really engaging and quite consistent in the group, you know, I, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was never a way of get, generating more inquiries it was just a way of giving people as much help as possible, making myself more visible to give more people help. Um, you know, the, the fact that I've now generated some inquiries from it is, is a great byproduct. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of the video content that I've done, you know, I've done live Q and A sessions with other business owners. I've done one on one interviews. Um, I've done my own my own kind of lives when I've been out walking the dog and things. So it's it's not all strictly business related. There's a lot of personal kind of aspect to, to what I do as well. And uh, and I think, yeah, I, I think a lot of people can kind of really relate to that. And, you know, um, that, that level of assistance um, is just what a lot of people haven't had recently. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're right in terms of, you know, it being uh, authentic and, and you're just adding so much value. I mean, I know the power of Facebook groups. And, you know, if you're out there, if you're listening, if you're an accounting firm owner, what Neil said is exactly true, that there aren't, there aren't, you may not, um, it may not appear that way perhaps when you're on LinkedIn uh, or on Facebook, there are probably lots of accountants posting, but as a proportion of the total number of accountants out there, perhaps as a proportion of the number of accountants in your local area, it is a very minute minority. So this is, you know, get, get creating your own Facebook group, you know, as Neil did as a, as a sole practitioner with, with no team, with no clients, has set up a Facebook group and has got it to, what is it now, nearly a thousand members or something, Neil? Uh, 1100, yeah, yeah. 1100 members uh, within a space of a year. So, you know, if Neil can do it, so can you. I, I think, sorry to interrupt, I, I think from my point of view, because I've never worked in practice before, I, I, I never really knew the, the kind of the stereotypical fundamentals of, of either owning or working in a practice. And I just thought that everyone used cloud tech. I thought that everybody was semi-decent with, with communicating, because why wouldn't you be? You know, with the technology nowadays, it's easy to send you know, a, a personalized email to all of your clients. So I, I guess kind of, you know, thinking that I was in the majority and worrying about how I was going to generate business um, and then kind of actually starting working, you know, full time in the business, I've realized that perhaps, you know, I'm, I'm probably more in the, in the minority. Um, but I guess for me, it's kind of, it's my personality and I'm just being myself. I, I don't consider the fact that me being communicative is is out of the ordinary. That's just who I am. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess things like the video content is is probably over and above what I would have expected to have done before, you know, kind of doing this business. But 
everything else is just kind of a combination of everything that I've learned over the last sort of 12, 13 years, really. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And it's the first place to start. You know, if 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 uh, people don't know you, then how can how can they come and do business with you? And in the in the digital age we live in, it's all about trying to get known, which is the, the first stage of actually getting a buyer to take notice of who you are and then taking them on the journey to uh, to know, like and trust you before they do work with you. And, you know, like you said, it's, it's you know, I've talked about this before in terms of now being a huge opportunity for us accountants to actually build our practices nationwide, not just locally. You know, like you said, you first started out, you thought you had to build a local presence, but now you've got a nationwide presence. You've got a Facebook group that isn't confined by any uh, borders or geography. Anybody can join it. You can service clients anywhere in the UK uh, because we're using cloud tech and, and all the rest of it. And the same can be said for, for any other accountant who, you know, if you know your target audience and you are present online then you can really hone in on your target audience from wherever you are and build up a client base which is nationwide because clients don't care where you are they only care that you can solve their problems uh, and help them with achieving their, their goals and objectives so tell us neil what uh, what did you do in those first stages because i know you've even been on a journey with you know your pricing and actually working on the business you found out quite early on or you know you made that decision whether it was by chance or whether it was deliberate that you're going to invest in yourself because I know you've you've been on the mentoring program as well so you've clearly invested in yourself to want to learn about how to actually run an accounting firm most people know how to do the technical side but no one's ever taught them actually how to run an accounting business but you and I made that decision very early on so talk us through you know what you did and uh, and what you learned and how that has helped you to kind of you know grow your practice as as it has done yeah I mean I, I guess kind of when I was starting to kind of sow the seed of the business back in the middle of 2019 is, is when I found Mark Wickersham. Um, and yeah, I kind of jumped on board a couple of his videos and um, going back to not having any practice experience, the whole kind of charging by the hour value pricing kind of uh, conversations I've never really been privy to. So um, for me, um, kind of that, that six months up until Christmas, was really interesting and um after christmas when i lost my job and realized i was going to give this uh, a go full time um i enrolled in mark's academy and you know kind of thinking back now um you know the monthly price of his academy was probably over half in terms of the recurring fees that I was generating at that time so it was a huge investment um and to be frank a bit of a gamble um because you know i, I knew that mark's content was brilliant um, and Reza, that's how I met you. And, and obviously, you know, um, kind of the two of you, you know, the content was fantastic. Uh, resources were, were really, really good. But kind of for me, my priority was to get clients through the door and, and, and to earn some money and, um, you know, kind of how to get there as quickly as possible, but to kind of envelop all of those techniques and, and resources into what I was doing. So, um, yeah, it, it was kind of a, you know, a whirlwind first kind of two or three months um, on the academy and on the program um but i think you know that's it's it's really helped i mean i guess in terms of a marketing point of view um working in commercial finance i've always i've always had good decent working relationships with the marketing and it team so i've, I've kind of always had a bit of an idea with regards to how to market myself a bit you know i've, I've never done it before um and yeah i guess for me that the most important thing i wanted to really hone in on was the pricing side of things um, because I, I, you know, I, I didn't know what was a decent price. I, I, I knew how I wanted to price in terms of Mark's teachings, but I didn't know what was 
the correct way to go about pricing for you know specific tasks that I was doing. So it took a while. Um, you know, like I said before, I, I definitely undersold myself to a few early clients. But um, as you know, as the the first kind of few months went by, um, you know, I remember January tax season. I managed to onboard a few clients, and I was charging probably like 150 pounds I think was the highest that I was charging for a self-assessment return um, and then perhaps you know three or four months later I was charging 495 uh, as an average so what I was finding out was that people were prepared to pay more um, you know obviously my brand had increased from January to to, to to March April at that point but not significantly enough to you know kind of triple or quadruple my price so um, and a lot of these people were new people that were coming in via the networking groups that hadn't had an appreciation of my facebook group or, or kind of you know weren't local so i kind of it sort of twigged that people were prepared to pay for my service at a higher price than what i was charging i wasn't delivering any greater value i think i was just communicating it better in terms of what i could do for them um and it went from self-assessments to my retainer based clients so you know people that wanted kind of cyclical recurring uh, compliance work um and you know as soon as i've managed to onboard clients that want my services for compliance it doesn't take a lot of time at all for them to understand that i am a commercial business partner i get business i get operational stuff so for me to then help them with management reporting with forecasting with kpis i could then upsell very very quickly um with a kind of a, a value pricing sort of mentality to to further kind of um generate sort of greater fees from them so yeah i mean you know i'm still learning i'm, I'm still a baby in this game it, it's i'm it's been 40 what 14 15 months ish um and you know I'm, I'm constantly surprising myself by the sorts of fees that i'm attracting and the sorts of um you know people that are coming to me and i say to them, where have you seen me yeah who's spoken about me um and it's from a myriad of different places um but from day one i've just kind of done the same thing and it's it's just kind of sort of escalated as as we've gone along um you know i'm still in mark's academy um and you know uh, I, I can't see myself ever ever leaving even though some of the content is repeated year on year i'm always finding new ways to develop myself um and you know i've invested myself in in terms of technology as well so you know whether it's like i know days watching i just bought my uh my stream deck so, uh, so I'll be uh, I'll be playing with that soon, um, and you know, in investing in the CRM, and you know, I use Practice Ignition now for, for the last sort of six months or so. Um, so, kind of each step that I've taken along in the business is to help better serve my clients and give me more time to do that. Um, so yeah, yeah I'm, waff I'm, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm waffling a bit, but you can kind of get to see sort of incrementally how I've um, tried to yeah. sort of go on this journey. No, that's great. So, so what I'd like to hone in on is because a lot of people, you know, when they're when they're first starting out, or perhaps when they're you know around that uh, that kind of fifty to hundred thousand mark in terms of uh, recurring fees, they they struggle to actually find the right type of client that they want to work with in terms of you know being able to provide those added value services, the services that you are well qualified to do because that's the background that you came from you know the services the advisory stuff the fd type stuff the management reporting so tell me about you know how how did you come across these kind of clients because you haven't actually niched in a particular area have you 
So how did you find these clients come to you? Was anything deliberate that you did? Do you think it's related to the content that you put out that you've managed to find? You know, I'm presuming there are businesses of a, of a reasonable enough size to warrant, you know, taking these uh, additional kind of advisory services from you. So what do you think led you to be able to find these clients that prepared to pay for the advisory offering that you have to, to give? Um, I, I, I've taken on a lot of startups and a, a lot of new business, uh, as you can probably imagine during the pandemic, you know, people have lost their jobs and people have kind of set up, you know, with, with ventures and, and different sidelines. So um, I, I've had the benefit there of people not understanding what an accountant can bring. Um, and, and so, you know, I've kind of the world has been my oyster in terms of understanding what I can deliver to them and what I think that they they need. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I guess it, the, the, I'll get back to the video content. You know, that's that's really, really helped um, to sort of hone my personality and, and attract the right sort of client. Um, you know, I never make it a mistake to say, you know, if you're looking for the cheapest service, you're probably not going to get that with me because I pride on the, I'll pride myself on the value that I can bring. Um, and certainly having done Mark's program over the last year, 18 months, and you know, I, I definitely know that there are other people that can do compliance type jobs cheaper than me locally. Um, but I, I also say if you like the look of me and if you like the sound of what I can do, you know, and you think we can work well together, then let's have a chat and, you know, we can see we can see what works. Um, I will say to people, you know, would you would you recommend your accountant as being the cheapest one or the best one? Um, and whilst I wouldn't say that I was the best one, you know, I'm certainly not the cheapest. So I, I, I'd like to think that people can you know, refer onwards um, and kind of really speak volumes about how I deliver help to to all of my clients. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I I haven't done any corporate networking. Well, not a lot of people have, but I've done no networking. I don't pay for any ads or any social media um, advertisements or anything. No SEO, Google, my website's crap. But what what I've just tried to do is just to try and push all my content via the group, via my pages, do a bit of video here and there, and and just kind of pretty much just sit and, and just wait for people to contact me. Um, and, and that's what's happened. And obviously, as I've, as I've got a, a higher client base, my propensity for referrals and word of mouth increases. Um, I'm not solely reliant on that, but, you know, it's, it's becoming more apparent that the more clients I have, the more referrals I get. Um, so... You know, I mean, even the Facebook group, you know, in terms of the engagement that I put in there, it's not hours and hours and hours of, of work a week. It's, you know, the odd post here and there. It's the odd comment. It's the odd um, bit of appreciation or the, the odd kind of olive branch to say this is what I can do to help. Um, the work that I've done with B1G1 in terms of the charity stuff that I do, you know, all of this kind of stuff is is just totally different to what, and I come back to my local kind of competitors um, are doing. Um, and again, there's not a massive time investment. It's, there's certainly not a monetary investment for what I'm doing. Um, and people just seem to be gravitating towards it, which, you know, is amazing. Fantastic. Yeah, you make it sound so easy. You just sit back and the work <laughs> just comes in, like you said. <laughs> but, you know, when you do things right, that's what happens. When you get when you get inbound marketing, when you get content marketing right, which is exactly what you're doing, you're putting out valuable educational content in the right places where your ideal clients are hanging out. 
inevitably that's what's going to happen. You're getting known, you're providing this value and people will reciprocate in terms of, you know, you will be the go-to person when they have a need, when they have a problem, you have been present, you've been providing all this value. They're going to come to you to see whether they can work with you, whether you can help them overcome. I, I mean, I wouldn't say that I've done nothing as a bit facetious on my part. I mean, I've got so many ideas for content that I want to do and, you know, I've got a massive list of other things that I've just not touched. Um, so I've, I've kind of I've marketed myself in a way that I want to be seen. Um, and that's taken a lot of hard work and effort. You know, as with most people, I've, I've not had any holiday in the last 18 months. I've pretty much just solely been working on the business. Um, and it's it's been tough. You know, it's been relatively long hours and I've got two kids and a family to, to kind of help support. But um, it's um, I, I've yeah. It, if I'd have had to have paid for ads or paid for for other you know professionals to come in, I think that's where I would probably start to think in my mind if this was the right thing to do. Absolutely. So, what does the the next twelve months hold for Neil Criddle Consultancy? Where do you see yourself now? We're learning what you have learned over the last twelve months, got to practice to where it is today what are your plans for the next 12 months and how how would you envisage getting there um i think the next the next probably hurdle for me is is potentially some help um whether that be in the form of an apprentice or maybe somebody from the kickstarter scheme that, that's currently ongoing within the uk at the moment so I think I, I, I've become I've become too involved. I've, I've become a bit like a perfectionist, and you know there are there are things that I could perhaps step away or step back from, um, and let other people do to then hopefully increase my value in the more advisory side of the business that I you know I know I, I know and love. Um, so that's probably the next step for me. Um, you know I'm at a stage now where I'm just under a hundred clients. Um, probably around 55, 60 of those are world classes retainer-based clients that pay me uh, on a fixed fee monthly basis. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I said before, I'm busy. Um, capacity is is kind of shortening. Um, but I guess, you know, I've been a manager for a long time in industry um, and I know kind of the pitfalls and and kind of the, the difficulties with being a manager. You know, I, I say I want somebody to help me so that it will relieve my time to concentrate on other things. It doesn't always work out that way. Um, you know, and and a kind of, you know, Reza in terms of your ROI um, strategy, you know, that's that's something that I tried to implement in, in my pr previous couple of roles when I was a manager um, and it worked really well. So I guess, yeah, onboarding somebody and, and giving them the, the flexibility and the, the creativity to, to kind of hopefully you know, do work in a similar sort of style to me would be my next step. Mm, fantastic. Well, I look forward to see how that unfolds. Brilliant. Well, that's been great, Neil. We've got a few questions coming in. So let's um, let's start answering those before we finish off. A very important question coming in from Ashley. How long did it take you to build a Millennium Falcon? Um, about a year. <laughs> no, about I, a year. Wow. I, I started it. Uh, I started it last year and then we got a puppy in November. Uh, so it's been on the back burner for a while. It's been sat in the garage. Um, and then, yeah, I had a couple of hours spare with the bank holiday weekend and my son helped me build the last little bit. So, uh, yeah, it, it was a while. It was a piece of <laughs> <laughs> so about the same time as it took you to get a practice from zero to 100. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, there's a question from Jason. Brilliant. If you could start again, would you do anything differently? Um, 
Did I do anything differently? That's, that's a really good question. Um, I don't know really because I like to think that I've been successful and I've enjoyed what I've done. Um, if I'd have done anything differently, it might have tarnished both of those areas. So, um, yeah, uh, probably you know, it's been difficult, obviously, with the pandemic, and I've not I've not been able to network as much as I perhaps would want to. But then corporate networking doesn't it doesn't really suit me and my personality. Uh, I just kind of get frustrated and bored of being pitched at. So I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess in terms of networking, maybe more online stuff um, earlier on, I was kind of in a bit of a bubble for those first sort of two months. Um, but uh, yeah, I can't really think of anything else, to be honest. It's a great question. Cool. Okay. Any tips to someone wanting to start their own Facebook group? I think that's from Craig. Um, yeah, so the first thing is do it. Um, the second thing is don't do it and forget about it. Um, you know, for the first sort of month or two, I was just inviting all of my friends and family and tried to get some organic buzz just by kind of, you know, sending out a load of invites. But very quickly, I knew that I had to kind of, you know, carry on with being consistent and engaging. So you know, producing, you know, regular, interesting content, whether it be video, whether it be blog posts, um, constantly drop your your link into other networking groups. So again, like I said, I was I was trying to improve my brand, you know, saying to people what I could do. Oh, by the way, there's a Facebook group here if you want to join. Um, pin it on things like email newsletters, you know, kind of just peppering it everywhere you can um, would be my advice. Fantastic. Some good... Uh... Good advice there. I hope those tips uh, help Craig. LinkedIn users asking, how do you manage a thousand clients on your own? I think Neil said a hundred, didn't you? Yeah, sure I think I've had a thousand clients. <laughs> I think I have a nervous breakdown. I've, I've got 1,100 people on my Facebook group. That might be where that's coming yeah. from. So that's right. It's probably there. a little bit of confusion there. Uh, what Carly is asking, what practice, what sort of forecasting KPR software do you use? Um, I've just started using SIFT thanks to your recommendation, Reza. So um, I've been using it for probably about a month. Uh, only just scratch the surface of what it can do. Um, but yeah, I'm using it as like an audit tool as well to, to check. Um, I'm predominantly zero based. So to check my client zero uh, accounts for kind of financial health and, and kind of audit health. Um, and yeah, just producing management reporting packs and sort of benchmarking analysis within there. Yeah. So SIFT analytics is called. Yeah. Really good. Mm, yeah. SIFT is, SIFT is good. Check it out. Sorry. That was from Andrew. That question. This next question is from Carly. What practice management software do you use? I use center. Um, so again, kind of coming from this with the pair of cold eyes, didn't really know what was out there. Uh, had a couple of recommendations, had a trial. And I just really liked how bespoke it was in terms of the workflows. You can literally just create whatever you want. Um, the next stage for that is to integrate it with practice ignition uh, on my proposals. But yeah, center. Really good. Fantastic. Thank you. And hindsight, do you think you would have started your own business if you not lost your job? Question from Zahir. Um, it, it was it was the path that I was going on. It's what I wanted to do. I, I think getting the kick at the backside um, kind of showed me that I, I you know pretty much had to do it. Um, would I have still done it? Yeah, I, th I think I think I would have done. Um, you know, it, it got to Christmas 2019, and you know, I never forget that first invoice is, is a few hundred quid for for a project piece that I did, and I realised that people were prepared to pay me for doing a job outside of my day job, 
And then I thought, right, well, okay, well, if somebody's willing to do that, you know, if I can get some more clients, that there is no ceiling potentially to what I could earn. Um, and that excited me because I was I was offering help to people. And, you know, that there was a kind of a, you know, th there was a goal that I couldn't see far in the distance. Um, and that, you know, I've always been quite sort of proactive in my day job. And I've always, like I said, worked with marketing and IT. And I've always tried to broaden and stretch out my role to encompass lots of different things. Um, but when I when I saw that happen, I thought, well, there's no there's no scope there. There's no broadening. It's it's literally limitless. And that really excited me. Fantastic. Well, that's been that's been great. We're coming to the end of the uh, of the questions now. So thank you so much, Neil, for today. Your story is inspiring. I know it's inspired many people that have been watching and asking questions. If you have any follow up questions, feel free. If you're watching this on replay, I'm sure Neil will be more than happy to answer your questions. If you put them in the Facebook group, uh, Neil is in there and tag him, then he will be happy to answer. Otherwise, hope you found some value in that uh, and taken away some, uh, some tangible takeaways for how to potentially grow your firm, how to win new clients, how to uh, have the right mindset when you are first starting out to build and grow your firm. Thank you once again, Neil. We'll continue this conversation, I'm sure, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing how your journey develops over the course of the next 12 months. Thank you for watching. Take care, and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you for listening. For more free content, videos, and resources, visit www.rezahuda.com. And if you haven't already, come and join the community in our Transform Your Profits Facebook group, where we support each other to build more successful, profitable, and impactful accounting firms.